On March 16, 1957, two police officers responded to a strange call in Alexandria, Virginia. They arrived at a crop field and found a mysterious figure walking toward them. Unsure if the person was a threat, they grabbed their weapons and took aim. Undeterred, the mysterious figure kept approaching. As he got closer, the officers were able to make out a few more details. It appeared to be a six-foot-tall, handsome man, wearing a set of luminescent coveralls. And then, the man started communicating with the officers, telepathically. He said that he meant them no harm, and that he needed to speak urgently with President Eisenhower. It was a matter of national importance. The officers escorted him to their patrol car and raced towards Arlington. They couldn't get a direct line to the president, but somebody at the Pentagon could. When they arrived, they were greeted by the Secretary of Defense, Charles E. Wilson, and a few members of his staff. After a brief introduction to the stranger, Wilson approved a meeting with the president. Several Pentagon guards, along with three Secret Service agents, escorted the man to an elevator. They descended to the lowest level of the Pentagon and then boarded a secret train to the White House. From there, the man was taken directly to the Oval Office. President Eisenhower eagerly rose from his desk. His guest extended his hand in greeting, and Eisenhower asked his visitor's name. The man replied, Valiant Thor. When Eisenhower asked where he was from, Valiant's answer shocked everyone in the room. He wasn't from anywhere on Earth. He had arrived from Venus. Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a Spotify original from ParCast. Every Monday and Wednesday, we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. This is our first episode on Valiant Thor, an extraterrestrial figure from Venus who supposedly first visited Earth back in 1957. According to the official story, he was sent by an intergalactic committee to prevent nuclear war and save humanity. This episode will take a look at Valiant Thor's time on Earth, We'll explain his surprising stay at the Pentagon and his long-standing friendship with one man named Dr. Frank Stranges. Next episode, we'll look at a few conspiracy theories that Valiant Thor's story has sparked. We'll examine if world leaders have met and conspired with aliens in the past, or if extraterrestrials are trying to deactivate our nuclear facilities without our knowledge. We'll also consider if the Pentagon has been keeping its contact with interplanetary visitors a secret for decades. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. There's one thing we can all agree on. 
Dealing with pests is a pain. But luckily, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. So if your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Much of what we know about Valiant Thor comes from Dr. Frank Strangis and his book titled Stranger at the Pentagon. Strangis was a Christian UFO researcher, a minister, and even claimed to have been a private investigator and U.S. federal marshal at one point in his career. While Strangis is the main source for Valiant Thor's story, he's the only person to have written so candidly and in depth about his experience, there are other notable figures who have validated his claims. His supporters include Laura Eisenhower, the great-granddaughter of President Eisenhower, and Canada's former Minister of National Defense, Paul Hellyer. A man named Dr. Harley Byrd also endorsed Strangis' claims. Byrd was supposedly a member of Project Blue Book, a top-secret government program that collected data on UFOs back in the 1950s and 60s. Byrd said he was working for the operation in 1957 when he was one of the first people to hear about Val's arrival in Alexandria, which means Dr. Strangis' version of the story might hold more truth than people give him credit for. According to Dr. Strangis, Valiant Thor and President Eisenhower met in the Oval Office in March 1957. After Val, as those who knew him nicknamed him, said he was from Venus, the president asked Val for some kind of proof. Supposedly, Val invited Eisenhower to visit the ship he'd just arrived in, which was still out in that field in Alexandria, Virginia, but Eisenhower politely declined. He explained that the Secret Service wouldn't allow him to leave on such short notice. Later, Vice President Richard Nixon joined their meeting. He greeted Val warmly, but with some caution. Nixon told him officials were verifying his story. What conclusion they came to was never fully disclosed. But Val didn't waste any more time. He told the president and vice president that he'd been sent to our planet by an intergalactic committee known as the High Council. His job was to save humanity. Allegedly, the council was worried that the people of Earth were on the brink of extinction, thanks to nuclear warfare. 
And if that happened, it would negatively impact other planets as well. Val's mission was to convince humans to disarm those weapons and discontinue their nuclear programs. He had until March 16, 1960, three years from the day of his arrival, to complete his mission and return back to Venus. It appears that Eisenhower took this message to heart because supposedly he asked Val to stay in the government's care while they discussed his proposal in more depth. Val agreed. From there, he was moved into a fully furnished apartment inside the Pentagon. But he wasn't confined to that one room. According to Dr. Strangis, Val had the ability to teleport outside the building and often traveled to his ship to meet with the rest of his crew. In fact, one afternoon, Val supposedly met up with three of his crew members. The group left Virginia for the day and went to the home of a man named Howard Menger in Highbridge, New Jersey. There, a small group of UFO believers had gathered in the backyard to discuss their common interest, and they were in for quite the surprise. According to August C. Roberts, a former Air Force photographer who attended the event, Val openly admitted to the guests that he was from another planet. During that meeting, Roberts even snapped several pictures of Val and his crew members. The thing is, the crew all looks completely human. The photos, which are easily accessible online, have an odd duality. They could be the biggest proof that Valiant Thor existed, or that the whole thing was a scam. It depends on which side you want to believe. As Dr. Strangis wrote, Val returned to DC after the event was over. Over the next several months, he allegedly helped top-level scientists and officials with things like medical research and space exploration. They also conducted studies on Val's spacesuit. It was a luminescent, single-piece outfit with the boots attached, and yet it weighed six ounces, roughly the same as a double XL t-shirt. To test its strength, scientists tried to puncture it with a diamond drill bit, a rifle, acid, and even a laser, but none of it left a mark. Val's suit seemed to be indestructible. Strangest didn't offer much else on what happened at the Pentagon during those three years. He only noted that political conditions had worsened for the U.S., while he didn't cite a specific instance, he may have been referring to the fact that Cuba became a communist country in 1959. This was unsettling for America, which was in the throes of the Cold War against Russia. Cuba could be used to launch a Soviet nuclear attack, and nearly did three years later during the Cuban Missile Crisis. By December of 1959, things were looking pretty bad for Val's supposed mission as well. According to his timeline, he had only three more months left on Earth, but he still needed to find supporters that could help him bring about world peace. So Val went beyond President Eisenhower and started to look for other people sympathetic to his cause. Apparently, an employee at the Pentagon that Dr. Strangest calls Nancy Warren decided to help. Together, she and Val reached out to several people who they thought might be interested in joining them, people outside the U.S. government. That's how Val eventually found Dr. Strangers. 
The doctor was raised Christian and studied theology in college. After graduating, Strangis claimed he earned two more degrees in criminology and psychology. Supposedly from there, he went on to become a federal marshal and a Pentecostal minister, but he was best known for his research into UFOs. Strangis often spoke about how UFOs were referenced and misinterpreted in the Bible. He believed aliens were actually sent from God to help humans. Strangis was also friends with a man named August Roberts, the Air Force photographer who'd captured the photos of Val at that convention. Knowing he was interested in ufology, Roberts gave Strangis copies of the images. Whenever Strangis spoke at an event, he shared the photos of Valiant Thor. To him, they were proof that aliens really did exist. In December 1959, Strangis was giving a lecture on the connection between UFOs and the Bible at a church in Washington, D.C. After he'd finished, a woman approached him and flashed her Pentagon ID, Nancy Warren. Strangis knew that whatever she was there to discuss, it had to be serious. The two excused themselves and went to the pastor's study. There, Nancy asked Strangis if he wanted to meet with the alleged alien in those photographs. Naturally, Strangis said yes. Nancy told him she'd arrive at his hotel the next morning at 8 a.m. From there, she'd take him to meet Val at the Pentagon. That evening, Strangis hardly slept a wink. The next day, Nancy arrived like clockwork to escort Strangis to the Pentagon. But upon entering the building, Strangis claimed he didn't need a badge or any identification to get through security, an unusual visitor protocol for the Pentagon. As a matter of fact, Strangis said it was like the guards had been put under some weird trance. It was almost like they visualized an ID badge on Strangis's lapel that wasn't really there. Strangis was too stunned to ask Nancy how it was all possible. He kept mum, following her to an unmarked door. Then she left him to continue the rest of the journey for himself. Strangis took a deep breath and walked inside. There he found three military personnel working at their desks. But for whatever reason, the men paid him no attention. It was like they didn't even know Dr. Strangis was there. And then, another door to the room opened, and a fifth person walked in. Valiant Thor himself. Coming up, Dr. Strangis learns more about Val's quest to save humanity. Since the beginning of time, people have wanted to believe in an afterlife. Hi, listeners. I'm Shelby Scott. In Mediums, a new Spotify original from Parcast, I take a closer look at the mortal lives of spiritualists who claim to communicate with the dead and the scientists who tried to debunk them. This eight-episode series looks at paranormal events proven to be hoaxes and those which have mystified even the world's greatest skeptics. Mixing history, mystery, and social psychology, Mediums asks how these self-proclaimed psychics pulled off the illusion of interacting with the dead, even under a microscope of criticism. Were they all simply peddling parlor tricks, or was there something truly paranormal going on? 
break out your Ouija board, dust off your crystal ball, or light some candles, because ParCast is ready to reveal what's really known about the unknown. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Mediums. Summon new episodes every Wednesday, free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least, not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of bug it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. And with over 95 years of experience, it's no wonder they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Now, back to the story. When Dr. Stranges was invited to the Pentagon to meet Valiant Thor in late 1959, he jumped at the opportunity. The self-proclaimed federal marshal turned alien researcher was wildly curious. And when the two were finally in the same room together, Stranges could tell that Val possessed a rare mix of strength, tranquility, and wisdom. Strangest expected the other men in the room to acknowledge Val as well, but to his surprise, they seemed oblivious to what was happening. This may have been what prompted Val to explain to Strangest that he had used his otherworldly powers to cloud their minds. Perhaps this was the same reason he was able to get by security without any credentials. Val went on to discuss exactly why he wanted to meet with Strangers. Supposedly, there was more to his mission than just disarming nuclear weapons. Baal was also a strong believer in God and the Christian faith, and he was there to help people, quote, return to the Lord. Since Strangis was a Christian, Val asked if he would help spread the message of God's love. If people could return to the Lord, perhaps they could also be convinced to keep the peace. Perhaps this was the best way to keep Earth and the rest of the universe from a nuclear catastrophe. Strangest agreed. After the 30-minute conversation ended, Val said he'd be in touch, and the two parted ways. Oddness of their visit aside, Strangest had no idea what he'd just signed up for. After leaving the Pentagon, Strangest flew from D.C. back to his home in New York. But once he got off the plane, FBI agents allegedly intercepted him. They took Strangest to an interrogation room, gave him a polygraph test, and questioned him about Valiant Thor for over three hours. In his book, Strangest didn't go into detail on what was asked. Some have speculated that it's possible that even the FBI didn't have the clearance to know the details about Valiant Thor. Perhaps they thought they'd learn more about the extraterrestrial by shaking down strangers. Meanwhile, the clock was ticking down for Valiant Thor. 
Once January 1960 arrived, Val only had three more months to complete his mission. Over the course of his stay, Val had supposedly spoken with multiple scientists, military officials, politicians, and religious leaders, hoping to gain their support. But Val claimed that none of them were willing or able to help. According to Strangis, powerful leaders felt that if the world knew about Valiant Thor, they'd lose their ability to govern, that most civilians would look to Val instead of them for guidance. After all, he was knowledgeable, spiritual, and possessed godlike abilities. The fear wasn't unwarranted. Apparently, the only political support Val received was from Eisenhower and Nixon. Strangis wrote that they actually admired Val's plan for world peace and wanted to implement it. Supposedly, Eisenhower even tried to bring it in front of the United Nations. However, the Secretary of Defense, the head of the CIA, and the military chiefs of staff all vetoed the idea. It's possible it was out of fear of losing their power as well. By March 16, 1960, Val's mission had essentially failed. Without fanfare, he supposedly teleported from his room in the Pentagon back to his ship, where he and his crew took off from Alexandria. Some accounts even claim that U.S. Air Force jets were sent to monitor the situation. While Val was off-planet, Strangis continued on with his own life, wondering when or if he'd hear from Val again. It wasn't until 1961, a year after Val had left, that the two finally reconnected. One afternoon, Strangis was driving in Beverly Hills, California, when Val suddenly appeared in the back seat of his car. According to Strangis, the extraterrestrial spent a few minutes catching up, asking him about his work and family matters. Then Val simply disappeared again. It seems kind of bizarre to think that Val, who claimed his purpose was to save the universe from mass destruction, would make the effort for such a check-in, only to spend it on personal matters. You'd think he'd use that time with strangers for something more important. But apparently his casual behavior was only during their first few meetings. Maybe Val was trying to establish trust, because Val did continue to reconnect with strangers over the years, and he began to share more about the progress of his own work. He told Strangis that he and his crew had set up specialized communication devices in the homes of some of their human followers. This way, they could keep in touch with contacts around the world. Whether or not Strangis got one of these machines isn't clear. When Strangis wasn't with Val, he was on tour discussing what he'd learned about alien life. In 1967, eight years after his first meeting with Val, Strangis received an invitation to speak at a UFO convention in West Germany. After arriving in Mainz, Germany, about six hours southwest of Berlin, Strangis checked into his hotel. The following day, he had an interview with two reporters from a large Italian news magazine. Beforehand, Strangis met with his interpreter, a man named Anthony Lowe. The two waited for the journalists in the convention center's cafeteria. While Strangis ate lunch, the journalists asked him to share everything he could about Val. 
They wanted to know how the two had come to meet each other, and they continually asked Strangis if he knew where Val was at that moment. But Strangis insisted he had no idea. In the middle of the interview, a waiter interrupted Strangis to tell him he had a phone call. He excused himself from the table. Yet when he returned, the two men had vanished. The table had been cleared aside for his bowl of soup. Strangis was perplexed, but sat down to finish his lunch. After he took another bite, he realized something was seriously wrong. His tomato soup tasted gritty and burned going all the way down. It was only a matter of moments before Strangis realized he'd been poisoned. Lowe came rushing over and the two went back to his hotel. By the time they reached his room, blood was trickling from Strangis' mouth. Then, Lowe mysteriously pulled out a vial of powder and poured it into a glass of water. Allegedly, Lowe said he'd been instructed by an anonymous source to bring the powder with him in case of an emergency. It's unclear who gave Lowe the vial, but Strangis assumed it had to be Val and that he'd been monitoring the conference from afar. Either Val was expecting the attack or he just wanted to be cautious. Whatever the case, Val's prudence paid off. Strangis drank the mixture and fell into a deep sleep. When he woke up, he felt significantly better, as if he'd never been poisoned. His recovery was then punctuated by another mysterious call. Val was on the other end of the line. He explained to Strangers that there were evil beings who wanted to stop Val's message from spreading, and that Strangers needed to be careful. As one of Val's associates, he was standing in their way. The following day, Strangis contacted the Italian magazine and asked if they knew who his attackers were. He wasn't surprised to learn that the publication had never heard of the reporters he'd met with. And heeding Val's warning, he had a feeling that someone else might come after him. Despite all this, Strangis still wasn't deterred. He remained committed to Val's cause. On June 5, 1968, a year or so after his trip to Germany, Strangis flew to San Diego to meet up with Val. Val drove Strangis across the border to a small coastal town in Mexico called San Felipe. He parked behind a seafood restaurant and showed Strangis to a boat on the water. As they got deeper into the ocean, Strangis claims he spotted a massive three-story, 300-foot saucer floating on the skim of the water. According to Val, this was the ship Victor One. Then an opening appeared in the craft, and beyond his wildest imagination, Strangis was then welcomed inside. Immediately upon entering, Strangis experienced a bizarre sensation. He claimed he took off his glasses and realized he had perfect vision inside the ship. He was then led to a disinfecting station where he disrobed and took a waterless shower to cleanse his body. Afterward, he was given a pair of luminescent coveralls and was given a tour. Val explained that Victor One housed 200 crew members who were helping him with his mission. Most of their time was spent monitoring 450 high-profile humans. 
According to Stranges, most of those 450 people posed a threat to the planet. Part of Val's mission was to prevent those people from getting too powerful and ultimately destroying the Earth. Then, Strangest was led into a viewing room with a large monitor. Inside, 55 crew members had already gathered for that night's showing. The screen displayed a building in Los Angeles called the Ambassador Hotel. It also showed a crowd cheering for Senator Robert Kennedy, John F. Kennedy's younger brother, and a candidate in the presidential primary. It only took a few moments for Strangest to realize that he wasn't watching a recording. He was somehow seeing this event happen in real time. Val told Strangest that he'd met with Robert Kennedy some time ago. Apparently, when they spoke, Kennedy asked Val if he had a good chance of becoming president. Val said he did, but urged Kennedy to avoid running during the 1968 elections. Val had sensed some sort of danger. But Kennedy ignored his warning, and in the ship, Stranges could sense a tension growing amongst the crew members. He couldn't figure out why until Val whispered something rather alarming. Watching Kennedy, he said, quote, God help him. Coming up, Dr. Strangest witnesses history change before his eyes. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. In June of 1968, Dr. Frank Stranges claimed he'd reunited with Valiant Thor to be brought aboard his extraterrestrial ship, Victor One. Stranges claimed he witnessed the ship's crew monitoring a speech by Senator Robert Kennedy when a wave of worry passed over the room. Suddenly, as they watched the screen, several shots rang out at the Ambassador Hotel. Senator Kennedy had been hit. One of the crew members on the ship shouted, quote, if only he'd listened. The crew watched in horror as some of Kennedy's followers attacked the assassin. They eventually subdued him and took his gun away, but by that point, the damage had been done. Senator Kennedy died the next day. When they were done watching, Val and Stranges supposedly gathered with other crew members for a somber meal. While they ate, Val told Stranges he'd invite him back to his ship every so often to update him on the status of his mission on Earth. Stranges says he spent the rest of the evening on board the Victor One and was taken back to the San Diego airport the next morning by Val. In the following days, the doctor continued to follow the details about Kennedy's assassination as they came to light. RFK's killer was a Palestinian immigrant named Sirhan Sirhan. Allegedly, he was angry at Kennedy for his support of Israel. So in retaliation, he shot the senator. Even though Sirhan's motives were clear, Strangest never figured out why Val showed him Kennedy's murder. 
We can only speculate that perhaps Sirhan was part of those evil forces trying to thwart Val's plans. It's possible he was part of that group of 450 people that posed a threat to humanity. Assuming this were all true, then Stranges probably learned a sobering lesson that day. If Val's enemies could attack Robert Kennedy at a high-security event, then Dr. Stranges himself was a sitting duck. As Val had warned him, these people believed he too was standing in their way. By January 1974, Val had supposedly moved his ship to the outskirts of Las Vegas, Nevada. When Stranges flew out to visit him, he was greeted by three men at the McCarran Airport. They said they were there to take him to Val, so Stranges followed them into their black Cadillac. As they drove deeper into the desert, though, Stranges could sense something was wrong. Eventually, the men pulled the car over, ripped Stranges from the back seat, and began beating him. Stranges clung on for dear life. Just when all hope seemed lost, a white vehicle arrived to save the doctor. According to him, two men in silvery outfits jumped out of the vehicle and subdued his three attackers. Then, one of the men waved his hands towards Strangis' enemies. In the blink of an eye, the three men in their car all vanished. After the attack, Strangis was taken to Val's ship and escorted to an operating room. Strangis said the attendants painlessly drew his blood, then laid him down on a table where he underwent diagnostic testing. Finally, a blue light appeared above him, sending him into a deep sleep. When he woke, he was fully healed from injuries from the beating. Later, Val appeared and welcomed Strangis back to his quarters. Val briefed him on upcoming world events and how his own plans were progressing, although Strangis didn't go into detail on what they discussed exactly. After that encounter, 11 years went by before the doctor saw Val again. And even though we don't know if they spoke explicitly about those evil forces targeting Stranges, apparently he wasn't out of harm's way. On April 11, 1985, Val's enemies tried to kill Stranges again. Stranges had just gotten married to a woman named Julie, and the two were celebrating their honeymoon in Nevada. They were driving down the Boulder Highway after a trip to the Hoover Dam, when Stranges briefly took his eyes off the road. His wife screamed, telling him to watch out. Stranges swerved away from a blue car that was stopped in the middle of the deserted highway, only to be struck from behind by another vehicle. Stranges spun out of control and wound up in the sandy median. When the dust settled, his wife ran to the driver's side. She urged Stranges to get up, but he couldn't. Dr. Stranges was paralyzed, and the cars that he'd collided with were nowhere to be found. An ambulance soon rushed Stranges to the hospital where doctors stabilized him. Then he was ushered into the operating room where Strangis recognized a familiar figure amongst the hospital staff, Valiant Thor. The extraterrestrial supposedly entered the room and asked everyone else to leave. Apparently, the health professionals obeyed, perhaps thanks to Val's telekinetic abilities. 
Then, Stranges said Val put his hands on his head and prayed for God to work a miracle. Stranges claimed the prayer worked. He felt a warm sensation throughout his entire body. Suddenly, Dr. Stranges was able to move. When the physicians examined him, they were astonished. He'd made a full recovery from total paralysis in a matter of minutes. Following the accident, Val supposedly taught Stranges a healing ritual called the Ring of Fire. This would guarantee him God's divine protection, shielding Stranges from all of the evil forces in the world. All he had to do was light a candle and recite a special verse in the Bible called the Lord's Prayer without interruption. After that day, Val and Stranges parted ways for some time, but they seem to have met up over the years because, allegedly, the two penned a book together called Outwitting Tomorrow, Secrets for Living from the Great Pyramid. While Stranges busied himself with speaking engagements, Val continued monitoring the rest of the globe. His objective was to recruit more members, keep tabs on the activities of world leaders, and continue to prevent a nuclear holocaust. By the 1990s, Strangis wrote that more ships had come to Earth to help Val with his mission, and they were stationed all over the globe. Strangis lived until he was 81 years old and passed away in 2008. To this day, several other writers carry on his legacy by continuing to spread Val's message. Val, on the other hand, supposedly has a lifespan of 500 years. For those who believe, he's still out there safeguarding the planet. Strangis's story might seem like pure fantasy, but it's hard not to question how the support of notable figures like Laura Eisenhower and the Canadian Minister of National Defense, Paul Hellyer, plays into it. And there might be evidence that the government has conspired with aliens like Valiant Thor in the past. Next time, we'll discuss three conspiracy theories surrounding extraterrestrial activity on Earth that has grown from Valiant Thor's story. Like conspiracy theory number one, that world leaders, including President Eisenhower, met with other alien life forms and drafted top secret deals. Or conspiracy theory number two, that alien spaceships are visiting nuclear facilities on Earth and successfully deactivating them without our permission. And finally, conspiracy theory number three, that the Pentagon has been keeping contact with aliens a secret for decades. There's no telling what secrets the government has yet to unveil about outer space. But until it's all released, don't look to the sky for answers. Look around you instead. If they're anything like Valiant Thor, otherworldly figures might be living among us, and we'd be none the wiser. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back next time with part two on the conspiracy surrounding Valiant Thor. For more information on the topic, we found Stranger at the Pentagon by Dr. Frank Stranges helpful to our research. 
You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Rob Heckert, with writing assistance by Lori Gottlieb and Mackenzie Moore. Fact-checking by Anya Bailey, and research by Bradley Klein. Conspiracy Theories stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy. Hi, I'm Shelby Scott, host of Mediums, a new Spotify original from Parcast. You can join me Wednesdays as I dive into the world of spiritualism and the women that defined it. We'll explore everything from obvious con artists to 150-year-old mysteries. It'll be a fascinating journey, so be sure to follow my new podcast, Mediums, free and only on Spotify. Spotify.